Hey guys, this is Lucas. Uh, just a quick disclaimer before the podcast this week. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that this, this podcast was actually supposed to go up last week, but uh, we felt like due to the current climate, it was maybe the wrong time to use our platform for anything to promote ourselves or our band. Uh, Holden Absence stands firmly with the Black Lives Matter movement, and uh, we just kind of wanted to let you guys know that we send our love and solidarity to all of our brothers or sisters uh, on the streets right now fighting for equality, whether that's, you know, Cardiff or Minneapolis or anywhere in between, uh, you know, we, we are with you guys and we stand with you proudly. Um, yeah, with all that said, stay safe and uh, we hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, we're back here for episode two of the Hold and Absence podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to the guys about their debut single, their, their split single, much like we talked about last week, this time the permanent Dream of Me release. And uh, I'm joined by Lucas today. Lucas, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How's your leg? Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's not too bad, but I fell down the stairs the other day and I whacked my foot. So oh, <laughs> I'm just yeah. in the wars, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is distressing news. <laughs> Look after yourself. How, how about you, Scott Carey? Any uh, any injuries or ailments at the moment? Uh, no, not really. Well, I mean, like I said earlier about my hay fever, which is a uh, life-threatening, but you know, is oh, what it yeah. is. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The the terrors of hay fever. Hope you're. Oh, I. Hope you're doing all right there. How about you, Ashley Green? Are you all right today? Hey, good mate. I've been um I've been putting Scott and uh, and Beth through the ringer, so they're probably not only has Scott got hay fever, he's probably got sore arms, sore legs, oh, sore yeah. torso. Like some, today. Yeah, some bulking, some bulking together. I've been doing oh. a couple of workouts over over FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, it's been good, mate. But no, no, uh, no hay fever, no no trips down the stairs. Just uh-huh. just a bit, just a bit sore. <laughs> And uh, and speaking of keeping yourself active, I understand uh, James Joseph, you've been an active young man this week. <laughs> just just a bit. I think I'm running running for my feelings more than anything. <laughs> but, but I've I've had to uh, I've had to succumb to taking impurities today. I finally got the the hay fever, and it's worse than ever. So oh, I fully yeah. agree with Scott on that. Uh, so that's. Been, I thought uh, I was all right. I live on the, I live on the coast, so it's okay. so generally speaking, it's not too bad. But. Uh, they mowed, them, they mowed the, the lawns by my flats, and it's it's, it's hell here now. Someone tweeted me and said it's something to do with the because the um, there's less pollution because there's less cars or whatever. Now there's more like pollen in there. <laughs> oh, uh, never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, all good, all good. You can never just be have the good things and that be that. You've always got to be punished <laughs> in some way. But um, has that been curtailing your running efforts there, James? I understand you've uh, you've been pretty pretty active in that respect this week. Yeah, yeah, it's been all right. It's been, uh, I've definitely like any, any kind of, uh, any kind of thing you can do at the moment to make yourself just feel a little bit better. I'll, I'll take it. Like I've definitely got a bit of an addictive personality. So, uh, so when I, when I come back to the flat and told the guys that I'd been on a, on a marathon, they were pretty, pretty like impressed, I guess. Run your first ever marathon. That's, uh, that's quite fantastic. Did a, did a super hang. And, uh, and yeah, as, as we're um, as we're talking today, which is which is Friday, as we're recording the <coughs> podcast, quite a exciting day in the uh, 
in the whole in absence realm and getting to announce uh, the rescheduled European headline tour dates, which, which sadly were obviously cancelled last month. Well, not cancelled, postponed, we should say. <laughs> yeah, not excited about that, no. <laughs> no, 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 it's wicked news. Um, to be honest, I think the, the main um, the main cool thing as well is just the fact that like we all have nothing at the moment to realistically look forward to. So it's been a really good um, been a really good way of just us kind of getting our mindset on what's next. Really, same with all of our fan base as well. Like I've seen so many people being really excited about the fact that there's like a gig on the horizon at some point, which is really cool. And another thing as well is like we've added dates, you know, so we haven't just rescheduled. We've actually added shows that people were complaining in the first place we weren't even doing. So, um, so yeah, so not only is it good to have something to look forward to, but it's better than the last one anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, even though it's a little while away, we're talking February 2021, starting <laughs> on the 18th of February in Antwerp, Belgium, and going through Europe, ending up 3rd of March in Eindhoven. Might get a new bag for Christmas, if I'm lucky. Yeah. A new bag. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, a new, a, new, a new tour bag. Yeah, you can. Uh, that, that'll definitely come in handy next year, hopefully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple of months to uh, to shop around for a good deal well, and get my on yeah. it. Yeah, wait. Well, when's when's Black Friday? That's November sometime. Uh, you, you should uh, you should wait that out. But uh, but no, definitely, definitely good to have some positive news to share this week for a change. Um, Getting through Europe then, February, March, all dates at holdingabsence.com. Tickets available now. And other good thing about it as well, you're able to retain the cool bill that you guys were going to have in April with uh, with Wargasm and Static Dress joining you. Yeah, it's going to be wicked. I think the think for us, the coolest thing is like, obviously, even though the music scene has kind of taken a bit of a pause, you know, it's nice to think that those two bands are still going to be as cool and upcoming as they were when we announced them the first time around, you know? So even though they'll be another kind of year into their careers, like it still feels nice to think that we're taking out such fresh new bands. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait. Absolutely. And away from the, the live gig side of things, you've also announced a, a pretty cool uh, event on Saturday, the 20th of June, the Taste of Isolation uh, online stay-at-home cover set, which, uh, which sounds like a lot of fun. It's a, it's a play on the old Taste of Chaos tours uh, I was lucky enough to be involved with on a couple of occasions and can confirm it was a really, really special tour. And some of the bands that are going to be... I was going to say some of the bands that are going to be playing, but some of the bands <laughs> that are going to be represented on the Taste of Isolation stream will be... Listen to this lineup: My Chemical Romance... Deftones, Jimmy World, Papa Roach, Paramore, The Early November, and The Used. What a bill, what a bill. Being performed by yourselves, obviously we're not allowed to say which band you guys will be performing as, but uh, tune in to find out. But yourself, Death Blooms, Delay the Liar, James, James and the Cold Gun, James Joseph, and James Biss, uh, Lizzie Farrell, Luke Rainsford, and Wargasm. So, so that should be good fun. Yeah, what I think we're all really... Yeah, go on, Scott. <laughs> to say, I wish we were doing Papa Roach, but unfortunately not. <laughs> uh, don't think I'll bother tuning in now, if that's the case. <laughs> well, that's that's maybe the last time we're going to hear from uh, from Scott today, as you as you're um, you're about to be substituted. We, we've got, uh, got a young to man. Today. Yeah, we've got a young <laughs> man named Faisal El Kazragi sitting on the substitutes bench today. Faisal, of course. 
bass player in Loathe, but um, he was actually the guitarist when you guys released the aforementioned Permanent Dream of Me single. So uh, so why don't we bring him in? Let's say hello to Faisal. Hey, speaking of Taste of Chaos, it's about to get even more chaotic now he's coming in. Oh, God, yeah. Don't <laughs> let him in. He'll take everything. <laughs> 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 All right. Hello, Faisal. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Pretty good. Yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't complain. The, the sun is out. We're all having a, a lovely time. What's uh, what's going on with you? What's going on in Loathe World? Uh, how are you getting on at the moment? Just just cracking on. It'll be, I mean, yeah, just uh, working on a few bits. I mean, it'd be silly not to right now. So we're just kind of trying to take this time to better ourselves as musicians and doing everything we can to kind of hit the ground running when we get back to touring really that's it man stay creative gotta do it well today we got gonna be talking about the the split single going going back to day one with uh withholding absence but i thought why don't we go back even further and, and you guys when you tell us how the band actually got together in the first place when where how who why prehistoric this yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is so straight after the big uh, the big meteorite hit Earth, climbed out of a lake. Uh, <laughs> well, it started. I wrote uh, one or two tunes that finished off one or two tunes I had lying about, and then uh, James and Geo. And G- you're gonna have to get Geo on the next one. Ha, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, did that, and then uh, James was trying to start a band at the same time. Um, I had like another project going at the time, which uh, never saw the light of day, definitely never will. And um, yeah, that's we just we just started that, and then we because I think and then we got in Zach, who then went on to join Pie and Gift, and Lucas was in a band called Falling with Style at the time. I'm saying that like I'm not chatting to you guys. Lucas was in Falling with Style at the time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we, we we had a good we had a good chat about Falling with Style last week. It, Oh, nice. It all sort of centres around uh, around around fifty seven Cranbrook Street, really, doesn't it? That's like probably mm. the best place to start off. So yeah. there was a house that um, there was a house that uh, most of m- most of uh, Lucas's old band, Fallen with Style, used to live uh, with a few other friends, um, people like Taff from Nightlives and uh, one or two other people. And um, Faisal also lived there um, at the time. Faisal hadn't really been in a in a band in the local scene. Um, but obviously he was really tight with the guys in Falling With Style, so they just sort of share music back and forth. Did you did you do music together in uni? I can't remember. Um, Were you on the same course? You were on the same or course. Or just the same Fez was same on the building. same course as Ben, um, but I was on there a slightly different one. But we started the same year. To be honest, yeah, it, like when I look back, it's actually really funny when I think mine and Faisal's friendship kind of... I, I remember we met each other drunkenly on a night out and just added each other as Facebook friends. And then next thing you know, uh, ben, who was the bassist in Former Star, was like, oh, I made, made friends with this guy called Faisal El Khazraji. I was like, oh, I swear I recognize that long name from my Facebook feed. And then basically, like a couple of months later, he was like, yo, you might be moving in with us. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then basically, <laughs> me, and, me and Fez kind of became friends because we lived together at first. And then, and then, yeah, that first year was like, 
just a really special year for all of us as people. And then a lot of, um, pretty much everybody from Fulham Star moved out of Cranbrook. And then that's when James moved in. And uh, I think that's kind of when Holden Absence first kind of started forming. I yeah. think, uh, I'm right in thinking of Merce, first, first, first song was being written whilst I lived written, in the house. It was written while you still lived there, yeah. Because I remember well, you guys coming over and tracking the vocals in Fez's room. That's it. Well, generally speaking, I was... Um, I was a bit of a boy back in back in uni, and so I used to um, I used to I used to go to uni in um, in Newport, and um, I was lucky enough that the guys the guys in in fifty seven, so Lucas and the rest of the guys in Fulham Star, would let me like crash on their floor if I'd gone for like a night out in uh, in Cardiff, and sort of couldn't get the next train back until the next morning uh, to Newport. And, and I think what's that? <laughs> so um. As as we all know, music's like the the great sort of I don't know. It's just like a great way to sort of start a conversation with someone. So obviously, instantly clicked with Faisal once we started talking about all kinds of music and and bands and things like that. Um, then at the time, I was starting a band with Zach, who used to be our vocalist for one or two songs very early days before he went on to form Parting Gift. Um, and uh, we 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 realised quickly upon forming a band that we needed to find good guitarists. So I think after a few nights out with Faisal, we managed to convince him to uh, have a crack at the old guitar for us. And um, we kind of just just kept going, really. And then and then I guess everything started getting a bit more serious when Lucas joined. For me, it was um, obviously because I was watching you guys. You know, like, for example, the first Holden Absence show was to, was with Falling With Style, right? So I remember watching the first Holden Absence show when I wasn't in the band, you know. Um, and I, I think, you know... Um, I remember, I can't remember which one of you it was, but somebody played me Luna. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh, this is like kind of, you guys are like a serious band now, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you're actually like kind of stepping it up. Because uh, you recorded with Johnny Renshaw, who did um, Casey, Dream State, uh, Blood Youth. So the, the recording was really good. And um, and then I remember like, you just kind of went like hell for leather on getting good shows. So like playing shows with Being as an Ocean, Landscapes, buried, uh, Burning Down Alaska. So, you know, for like a local band, I remember you guys were like doing everything uh, for a period of time. And that's when it kind of, I feel like it first started becoming like a proper thing. And didn't Ash then come from the whole Fallen With Style thing? Did you not fill in for a tour for you right at the end? That, that was it, yeah. So, so Tom, had, um, Tom had like either, I can't remember if he'd fractured or broke his, his wrist. And, uh, and Lucas, uh, I remember it so well. He, uh, he called me up while I was photographing a band at a festival in in like London, he was like, oh man, um, you, I know you know that Tom has broke his wrist and we're really struggling. Oh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, oh, we, we, we really need someone for this tour. And I'd already, I think I'd like maybe like tweeted him a couple of weeks before being like, oh, can I just come on this tour? This is so sick. Because it was uh, Fallen With Style, Shields and Create To Inspire. And um, yeah, he was like, Do you, can, you, can you come and play drums for it? So I remember sort of leaving the festival that night because I think it was, a, it was a weekend festival. So I left that Saturday night, got back home to Nottingham where I was living at the time, um, got all my like things, you know, like put like clothes and whatever, got a train down to Cardiff that Sunday and was in Cardiff by like midnight on the Sunday. And then we did rehearsals Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And the first show was, uh, I think it was Camden. It's Camden Assembly now, isn't it? But it was Bath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was so, it was so, it was great, Stressed. man. It was like, it was one of those proper like defining 
moments as like a musician where it was like that same day Lucas called me, I'd been like, right, that's it. I'm going to sell all my, all my music gear and just buy a ton of camera stuff and proper go at photography now. Cause it had been a couple months since I'd been in like a band. So I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's it. Now I'm sort of, I'm getting to the point where I need to focus on something really particular. And, uh, tell you what's um, what's interesting. Sorry to talk over you, just because you were in the middle of saying about um, selling all your gear. Like, obviously, Scott last mm. week literally said that he was selling all his gear, and then he got yeah. a phone call. <laughs> to go to so it is interesting yeah, to think that, like, some people, you know, some of us were kind of at the point of maybe giving up on music before this band came along. So, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, that's it. And then I think literally this, and then the same thing happened again with James um, after that that tour. James had messaged me and, and had said, "Oh, do you want to do this?" tour that we're doing in January of uh, 2016 with with Elegies and um, I was just like I just I don't know what it was I just couldn't say no I was just I was just mental I was like yeah let's do it and I was like what are we gonna do and I know we you know with with James and Fares and Gio and that we I think we wrote like two songs like for that tour you know yeah, well, we, yeah, we barely had any songs. We had, we had, um, we had a Merce and Luna, which were the two that we released with Zach. And hi, literally, there's some old videos where like there's definitely no real words to the other three songs. It's just sort of Zach vocalizing, and then occasionally like the rest of us just shouting things over the top. <laughs> well, it's funny how it comes full circle as well. The 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 Tom that you're referring to there, Ash Thomas Tom Pike. He's a uh, since become your, your long-time front of house sound engineer as well so it's nice that you're uh, biggest hands in the uk he has the UK's <laughs> biggest hands yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah those those hands do a uh do a smashing job, job. On, on, <laughs> on the mixing desk and uh and i'm sure in the in the load in and load out as well no doubt yeah to be fair he does pull his weight <laughs> um i think a really nice part like thing to comment about tom being involved is just like you know, and, and it kind of speaks for the whole of this band and the setup really is the fact that like we are just all kind of friends just looking out for each other, you know what I mean? And like, you know, Beth Miller, obviously our photographer, you know, I've known her since like 2014 or whatever. Um, and like Jake Bowen who drives us, Scott Water who drives us, like we always try and make a, a thing of like making sure that it's like only our kind of like friends who really kind of like we let so close just because it's such a wonderful sure. experience being in this band that it's just... You know, it, I hate the thought of anybody I love not being able to kind of come along for the ride, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. Even, even Dan, who is the first yeah. in, in your band, he, he's done merch on a few tours for us. And um, the only time I've not been able to make a show ever in the band history is what was one show, and, and, and that we chose Ben to, to, to fill in for that show. So I think, yeah, I think he'd be the first choice if, if there was ever a time where I couldn't do a show in the future. And same same with, uh, with guitarists, I'm sure. Obviously, Scott's in the band now, but I'm sure like we'd we'd have Faisal fill in or, or Ryan from your old band or something like that. And as we were saying last week about, well, we were talking about you last week, Faisal, about uh, how you how you helped out in a in, in a creative uh, aspect with the with, with the last split with the with the Gravity Birdcage by um, by helping the, the guy. Well, I say help by filming uh, from lockdown with. Uh, with your sister who, who was actually in the music video. So, so that, that was a nice way to bring that background as well. Yeah, it was like a nice little full circle moment, really. Just because uh, I've been doing photography for like just over a year now and slowly getting into the video side of things. So yeah, just nice to kind of reconnect on a creative level with the guys in a, in a, in a kind of, I guess, roundabout way. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it's good good to keep that uh, that sense of 
community, like like Lucas was saying, keeping that or keeping your friends close. Um, yeah, I saw a YouTube comment. Someone was like, "Oh, it's nice that Faisal stuck about." And I'm just like, I was half tempted to comment something funny about being um, everywhere at the same time. I don't know, but um, <laughs> omnipresent, <laughs> like omnipresent. God. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he, he he has been. I think I remember the first the first time I saw Holden Absence live. I think it was like, well, where's Faisal? And you're like, oh, he's on tour with another band at the moment. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, was, was that with Landscapes? Yeah, that would have been the Boston Music yeah. Room show, would it? Right. Yeah, that would have been it. Yeah, and I was somewhere in a. Faisal's been, in, <laughs> oh, been in and out of the band like so many times as well. Like early, early days, like before, before Lucas and before um, well, maybe even before. Show. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> even before Ash, you you quit to go on tour with a band that you didn't end up going on tour with, and that was that was a band called In Archives, which is now yeah, Modern yeah. Era. Yeah. yeah, and that was we were so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he, he really is everywhere. Yeah. And um, I'm going to ask you one of those. Well, it's not really a, a crap question, but it's one of those questions that when it when it's the first question you get asked in an interview, you're always like, oh, here we go. Ugh. But, um, but yeah, how, how, how did uh, how you guys get the name? Where'd you get the name for the band? It was a hammock song called Holding yeah. Your Absence. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's about as deep as it goes. Sounded cool. No. Like, oh, often make the joke. We often make the joke that every other name has just been taken by now. I mean, it was it was the same thing with the moth. There was like the guy who was doing artwork for again that project. There was this project that I was going to do with um, some friends of mine, and um, he was doing the artwork for that. And I think I, I think it was me and James or me and Zach. Yeah. It was it was the so three of us. We used to we used to just have really late nights in your in your in your bedroom again in, in fifty seven Cranbrook Street. There's a, and then yeah, we we saw that moth and we were like, hi, should we have that? I remember the the moth was. Um, I remember you showed me the moth and you were like, oh yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah. I was like, oh bro, that's like a so, logo, you know? Because yeah. I think you were gonna get like a, a few more of them what's, or something. What's funny and and there's a, there's a little bit of fun trivia here. Um, that originally we we wanted to do. Uh, I think Cancer Bats had recently done an album where there were like um, symbols for each track on the album, yeah, and we wanted we all, we always yeah. had the plan to do like six singles before committing to anything like an EP because we'd seen loads of other local bands kind of shovel money into an EP and then nobody like listens to it. So yeah. um, we we were gonna use the the moth um, for permanent, which is the first song we we ended up releasing. Um, and then by a couple of weeks after Permanent came out, we'd actually already paid for the guy to do another one for Dream of Me, if you remember. It's the two birds, uh, oh, the, two, yeah. the two magpies. Yeah. And, um, and by then, people had already got it tattooed. And, and like people kept asking <laughs> about the shit. I remember when we printed, so with the bird thing, we, kind of, we had the idea to do like a box T-shirt with every one of those different kind of animals or you know whatever we were going to plan, plan on doing i remember we had the moth t-shirts and we had the bird t-shirts and i remember we just couldn't shift the bird t-shirts at all and i think that was when we <laughs> yeah. realized that like the moth was like the, the selling something image really, you know what like, um yeah. we're, we're such like a we're like quite a sentimental and like i guess like a without sounding cliche like a wholesome band so we at the time of buying the moth um maybe like a year or two later obviously the moth had gone like worldwide and people you know someone has it tied on their throat someone has it tied on the back of their 
their full yeah. full back, etc. <laughs> I remember we thought it'd be cool to send like a load of the pictures of the tattoos as well as like some like some of the bits of merch to the designer. I think we we mailed him and he was just like, oh yeah, yeah, cool, full stop. Like he literally <laughs> just oh, yeah, he really was not he just didn't really yeah. care he's like oh cool <laughs> yeah he was not bothered I think he was cause he's, he's like, a full on like, like Viking guy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just lives in a lives in the middle of nowhere and just draws crazy impressive uh, yeah. dead things probably, well, probably but no, definitely, I, I definitely 30 pounds well spent there I would say Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh dude, I remember when we kind of first sat down and thought about how many T-shirts we'd sold with it on, and it's just like it's just so fun. you know. That's why I always say with like younger bands and stuff, and they're kind of like, oh, how do you, you know, do it? And like you know, what do you do first kind of thing? It's like I look at Hold Now since it's such a good example because like Permanent and Dream of Me both cost a hundred pound each to record. We literally booked a day in the studio for vocals and drums. And then all the guitars and atmospherics were done at home, mix and mastered at home by Fez. And uh, was it, sorry, Fez, who did mix and master the first? Team? Abe, yeah, Abe did those, yeah. Oh, he did, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Abe did the album. I probably wouldn't even master it. They're like, check them out. Like, um, but yeah, anyway, so, you know, when I look back, like those songs cost £100 each. The video cost £100 because we filmed them ourselves and edited them ourselves. And then the, the logo cost £30. And we ended up selling like, thousands of t-shirts with it on you know it's like what's that 200 foot like less than 500 quid for like two really good songs and a logo that we sold like crazy you know so it can be cheap if you just kind of assert yourself in the right way i think i think the the, ball, <laughs> the ballsy thing was just like releasing one tune and going straight on like a headline top because james was like a promoter at the time so he was you know obviously just booking shows <laughs> right left and center because we were just wanted to play everywhere it was i think it was when Paul Ryan took us on, he was like, I don't think I've seen a band frothing for it this much since like 36 Crazy Fists or something. It was when we first got <laughs> So crazy, yeah. Yeah, it was 37 Crazy Fists. The backstory for that is, um, so that first tour, the one that Ash referred to earlier in, did you say 2016 with Adagies? Yeah, um, January, that, yeah. That tour was already locked in and it was going to be a tour with with Zach, our old vocalist, but obviously, unfortunately, mm. things things didn't work out, and 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 we had Lucas in, but we we were yet to release a song with Lucas. I think we'd agreed on having Lucas in the band, maybe like I uh, maybe a month or less um, before yeah. the tour, and mm. and so we rushed out permanent because I was like, there's no point in us doing like a DIY tour of the UK. It was it was like ten nine or ten shows. Mm. Um, so we, we rushed in those two weeks then we, we rushed and put together permanent because we wanted something to one announce Lucas with and two have people to listen to if they liked our band playing live I think that was yeah. one of the best decisions we made really yeah was, was it was, um, sure. was that the same tour where it was like seven days in was basically how long it took us to get signed yeah 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 yeah. that was, 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 was we played yeah. the Griffin yeah. in Bristol and after yeah. after we um, <laughs> We were loading out and a guy called Sal Torres and, and Sal's photo at the time was him like gurning. <laughs> like, I, I, it's just like a funny kind of, I mean, right. Yeah, I know you love like a good, funny profile picture. Okay, was it? It, was def- it was definitely, uh, he was pulling a gun and it was just a, it was a really casual message. Like, Hey, it's Sal from Sharptown. Like we want to sign you. Let's chat. And we were all like, oh yeah, okay. Like we've had hundreds of these by now, like these like fake accounts. But we were like, oh, we'll, we'll reply anyway. And then like a couple of days later, he video called us and we could see like 
the like the warehouse behind him. People like packing records and like all these like, like gold. <laughs> yeah. There's a Slayer like poster in the background that he'd obviously yeah. like, been a part of or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, joke, but yeah, so. that was that was crazy. Um, I think a cool thing as well, and like you know, obviously permanent was like a vital thing for our band to do at that stage in the way that we did it. But like I remember Sal basically said to us that that message he sent was kind of like I w- I'm excited to hear more. Like, you know, we'll mm. talk when you release more music. So I, I remember kind of, we sat down and we said like, Permanent is this heavy kind of angsty, like kind of post-hardcore track. So let's, let's do the complete opposite with Dream of Me. Let's write like, I remember the original idea was to try and get like a, a Smashing Pumpkins kind of track. Um, and yeah. just Like a, a big poppy kind of atmospheric song. Um, and then, yeah. And I think that's kind of when the, the ball started rolling because like our first move was really well done but i think by releasing dream of me it was somehow we'd done just as well with our decision making on that track as well Mm -hmm. i think because it was weird because the initial idea that sal gave us was i mean i I, to put it in his words i think verbatim it was like do a permanent two like do another one yeah it was just like i think that that the way we all kind of think about everything and the way that i think it is best for bands to be is to diversify as early as you can because if you mm. yeah, there's too many bands that have kind of dug themselves into a hole and then, you know, they'll try and do something different and it doesn't go down that well. Whereas if you come out, you know, straight, straight from the get go being like, you know, well, we've got all of this to offer as well, then, you know, it yeah. makes it a lot easier and longer. It was definitely the right decision. And, it, it, you know, from my side, from the, from the, the man's mm. perspective, it was something that, that caught my eye, you know, that, well, everything we spoke about really, you know, the, the fact that you did, yeah. um, I got this stuff all together on your own backs and you, you'd booked the tours and you'd, you know, you had this, um, this cool imagery, the, the, the moth imagery, um, and that you were moving forward was, uh, w- was definitely super impressive. And, um, I remember the first time that, that, that I'd heard of the band at all really is, uh, when, when I met, uh, when I met James at, uh, at download festival, <laughs> 2016, I the story. it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a funny story. I mean, I was, um, I was working for Raw Power Management at the time, and um, had a couple, had a good few bands playing uh, playing download download that year. And we in the backstage area, we had our own tent because uh, it was it was the Euros, uh, the, the football championships, Euro twenty sixteen, and uh, we had the TV set up in there. And uh, and James and I, well, our, all of our mutual friend Dean Whitaker, who's a, a legend of a promoter in South Wales, he. He said, "Oh, can I, can I, uh, can I bring my friend James in?" Um, and I said, "Yeah, you can, but only if he wears a Wales football shirt." Um, <laughs> Straight down to sports director, went. <laughs> Fucking hell, Christ! <laughs> he actually did a. Yeah, it, it was brilliant. I'd never met James before. I did. I didn't know what he looked like or or anything. But um, I, I was in the tent, and and someone said, "Oh, there's um, this." There's two really tall guys outside with with Wales football kits on ask, asking for you. Uh, so I come out and, and there they are. And, um, and yeah, you know, I had, uh, had a really fun day. You know, watching um, watching watching the football and, and chatting. And uh, and 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 Dean gave us both a lift home the next day. So James started talking to me and saying, "Oh, you know, yeah, I've, I've got a band, blah blah blah. You know, holding absence. So I'll send you some stuff." And um, and yeah, I guess guess the the rest was was kind of history from there. Yeah, it was a funny it was a funny old meeting because the thing was I knew I knew like all about raw power and things because I was sort of 
aspiring at the time to kind of get into management. I never really, I guess I, I wasn't dead certain that music was going to work out because it was still such early days, but I knew I really wanted to to do the management side of things. And I, I didn't really know at the time that you were who you were from Funeral for a Friend. So I was sort of like probably a lot less nervous than I would have been speaking to you. And I, I think I remember being like, ah, oh, like it was kind of naive and probably like rude at the time of me, but I was like, ah, oh, you managed like them and them, didn't you? Ah, oh, my band's like better than those. Ah, oh, you should like, it was proper like very, yeah. like, very Welsh is the only way I can put it. Like just, just being like totally like, ah, oh, mate, you've got to check us out. Like we'll get down hobos and watch us sort of thing. Yeah. My, my band are better than everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with thinking that, of course, that's, that's, that's what. No, I'm that's true. Yeah, but but then but then from that then you know the as we were talking about earlier the first gig was like oh yeah yeah but Faisal's not here he's he's on tour with another band but things <laughs> things things did did certainly uh, get much better there was there was a lot of um lot lot of cool tours in 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 those early days any any of those you yeah. look back on with any uh, uh, we're the ocean we're the oh, ocean yeah. was really cool that was the um I think that is still one of my favorite shows ever the the was it the dome Boston yeah. the, the little Boston dome one that was yeah. uh I think that bit before the end of penance I think that bit I remember it being like pin drop quiet in there when that happened I remember being like fucking hell that and I remember when it started the set started and it because basically we never played to a room even vaguely that big like so yeah we were just kind of like whoa it keeps going and like oh, uh, no. I remember looking to the left of the stage. And there's a like a really long bar, and like just uh, about two songs in, I was like, oh my god, they're all just buying drinks and chatting on the left. It's just so annoying. Mm. And then by the end of penance, I remember like we all kind of like death stared at the crowd in the awkward silent bit, and everybody just kind of looked at us and we were like, yeah, and boy, <laughs> it was like a really cool <laughs> moment. I felt I felt like we won the crowd over kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's who definitely stands out because we had we had. DIY'd it so hard, you know, we we would on average book like, it doesn't sound like much, but obviously we all were working jobs at the time and all kind of paying rent and stuff, you know, we on average have like a weekend run a month, every month for like, mm. you know, maybe like six months in a row or whatever. And then that We Are The Ocean Tour came through and that was like the first time I'd ever felt like we'd been like given something rather than actually like taking it. <laughs> um, so those shows were just so much bigger than any, you know, when you look at it, the one show with We Are The Ocean would have been bigger than every show we did on that first tour times 10, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So well, yeah, the funny, so the really funny thing with that is the day, the day after that, we, uh, it was either the day before or the oh, day yeah. after. Was it the day before or the day after? It was the um, day after. Yeah, we did three We Are The Ocean so, shows. Yeah, and then we we decided for a laugh uh, the day after that show, which was our biggest to date. Um, we played like a, I want to say like a 30 cap, like realistically, I'm sure it can fit about 50 people in, but I generally go as far as saying like a 30 cap bar in Ash's hometown, a place called Raps Bar, which we've played by choice like about four or five times, times now. We just, <laughs> we can't get enough of it. Oh mate. No, no. So that, um, that I was, was trying to remember Raps Bar. Forgot the name of it. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, um, that, because that 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 tour, that like March little like stint, it was like ten shows, wasn't it? We had like ten shows all together, yeah. and we we'd we'd done like um, like two two or three shows at the start with Create to Inspire because it was their second album release tour, oh, yeah. and then that that Raft show was also the, like part of their tour. So we'd like we just said, oh, can we do this one as well after London? Uh, right, they, yeah. 
Well, I remember the thing I remember about that um, about that London show in particular with with We Are the Ocean. I, I, if, if I'm right in thinking, it was meant to be their their last ever show. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And then it was probably about maybe halfway or less into the set that somebody in in the pit broke their leg in a really uh yeah it was just before their encore oh, yeah. i think they were going to do their two two biggest old songs oh, with yeah. alfie <laughs> yeah. with alfie coming on for them perhaps i think um and um, uh, not alfie sorry um dan. oh yeah. the guy dan dan because yeah, yeah. alfie's on the whole of it wasn't he yeah um they were going to get dan on for the last two with it with the sort of shouty bits in and uh, <laughs> yeah they stopped uh, i think for me these some of the most important shows really were like just the whole year before we had anything like that. Cause like we, we played places and, and, and it was the whole, the whole thing of like having no idea. Like it was also new to us. It was like, do we sleep at someone's house or do we sleep in a tent in a Tesco car park? And it was like, how much should we get paid? Like there was a show where we got paid like four cans of Coke and um, there was five of us. <laughs> and and uh, it, was, it was all the things like that where we'd, we'd like turn up to venues. I say venues. We'd turn up to like pubs and be like, hey, we're the band. And then the, the person behind would be like, oh, what, what, what do you mean? Like what, like, what are you doing here? And we're like, oh, we've been told we can play. And they're like, oh, fucking hell. All right, go over there. I think, I think the, the best thing about that is playing to people who might have never even seen bands up close before. Like in some of these towns, mm. people might have only ever been to a gig in a stadium or or in a in an arena. So to see like five young guys from Wales just kind of going mad, we definitely like in some proper diehard fans. And, and, and we had this weird kind of like perception of us that like, oh, there's this band from South Wales, they'll play anywhere. And they are like, they'll, they'll go hard. Like they are, they are really decent. So I think that did us really well at the start. Like, and then when we started playing our first like serious sort of all day festivals in kind of half decent venues, we we generally find that like everyone from the whole day would come to watch us. We 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 play all these festivals with bands way bigger than us, and we'd still we'd have like the biggest turnout of the day. I mean, the one that I Fez, you told me about it on the phone the other day. The one that really rings a bell was a uh, Fat Lip Fest. You, I remember you being kind of like nervous before that because Devil Sold the Soul were on after us. Oh yeah, I think yeah. it was. The, it, I think that was a that was the moment where we had obviously not not to make this comparison, but that was the that was the um moment where like we knew they were we were all familiar with them, and we all we also respected them, and obviously we'd recorded with Bonnie the guitarist, so we were like, oh man they they're they're like they're gonna smash it after us we we better go hard. We ended up playing, and then the crowd to the left, and devil sort of soul started sort of playing to like a half full room after us, and that was the moment where we were all like, wait a minute, like is that was our crowd like particularly big then like what and then then i remember the promoter who's like a good friend now being like yeah guys like that was mad we've never seen like a small band kind of fill the room like that well there were there were a lot of things like that back um back at the start i mean i remember before i actually started um managing the band when i suppose when he was in that scouting stage uh for want of a better term there was uh I mean, there was two particular things I remember. There was there was one clip um, with uh, where you. I can't remember where you're playing. You, I'm sure you'll tell me, but uh, you're playing some <laughs> steakhouse or something like that. And um, and James is there, and he just runs up to all the diners and uh, starts going mad and saying, "Watch the fucking band!" <laughs> oh, that was no, that was that, that was, was some side in Birmingham where it, like kind of 
kicked a chair at someone. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the place where the person behind the bar said, like, we turned up, we loaded all our gear in, and yeah. then we were like, hey, we're the, we're the, we're the band. Uh, and it was, um, it was actually promoted by our good friend Ryan, um, who's, who's, you know, a, a big promoter in, in Birmingham, um, who's actually running the, the Taste of uh, Isolation thing we're doing. But he was away... Um, it was the same weekend as I think Reading Festival, um, so he wasn't there to sort of like be our like liaison. So we said we went to we went behind the bar and the guy was like, um, we're like, oh hey hey, like we're really excited. It was like one of our first gigs outside of South Wales. And we were like, hey, we're the band, like, and the guy literally like point blank just looked at us and said, oh, not another fucking band. <laughs> we were just like, oh. <laughs> Uh, so the, funny. the funniest thing the funniest thing i remember about that day was part, partly partly the chair thing i know there's a lot of people who are, who are just like oh it's not you know it wasn't cool it's just like well okay we were starting out somebody was taking the piss out of us and fucking james kicked the chair whatever. um but like the um was, i remember it was during during loading um we were this person walked past his bin outside and it was like a really windy day and this bin fell over but didn't didn't even nearly hit this person. They were like on the other side of the pavement, and then they were on their phone, like, "Oh, so whoever they were speaking to, be like, oh, this bin almost fell down and, and hit me." And Geo just goes, "Oh, shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, those moments where like something so funny happens, you're in the street screaming with laughter or something, and everyone's looking at you like, "What has just happened?" Just that whole that we- day reminds you of that. It's so funny. Touring sounds just so wacky and like it's so hard for for people to like understand. You all just lose your minds a bit, and any little weird thing yeah. becomes funny. I think to summarise it, it was just integral to where we are now, all of us. And kind of, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have done anything differently, to be honest. Like it's everything's kind of from there, like kind of panned out quite nicely for everyone. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter. It definitely yeah. has has its charm and um, incidentally it's a little bit of a sure. plug but uh, if, funny enough uh, uh, the label Sharp Tone Records found a couple of weeks back um, well less than that but they, they've just put them online they, they found the last few uh, permanent Dream of Me split vinyls anywhere uh, oh really? yeah so, so, they're, so they're back up online for anyone who wants to rush out to the that's uh, cool the Shark Tone store and pick them mm. up. We'll uh, we'll put a link in the uh, description. Yeah. But um, all right, well, um, Faisal, anything from you from the load side you want to say before you uh, before you sign off? Just new record. Keep just going to keep pushing it. Writing, be silly not to now. Like I said, uh, just going to push it more in yeah. every direction. He goes and goes and releases one of the one of the best heavy records of the year and doesn't want to say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, it's called I Let It In and it took everything and you should listen to it, um, I would say. Would you reckon, Faisal? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. There was a radio interview that, um, that I did the other day and he <coughs> presenter said, he said something about I let it in and like it being really good. And the way my internet cut out, it sounded like my response to him was just, yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah. You know, in the loads of Pretty much, pretty much same as today, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, for, for the record, yeah. I'm sure you are very, very proud of that album. Very, very. I've got it hanging up on a 
reverse Metallica poster in a frame. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intention I'm putting out there. It's like, okay, cool. So, hopefully, you know, some of the spirit of uh, Metallica can kind of come into that. So, yeah. yeah, fair, man. Yeah. Everyone could do it with a bit of that. That's all good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Faisal, for joining us today. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna let Scott back in now off the old uh, substitute bench and, and see if he wants to say anything. Are you there, Scott? All right. He is there. Hi. Yeah. Anything from you, Scott? Anything to say? Um, don't think so. No. I mean, uh... um, I got a fun fact just quickly about Scott. Scott was the first person to order the Dream of Me permanent double A vinyl. I, I vividly remember when the orders came through. Really, Scott. Scott was the first yeah. person. Yeah, I was just going to say it's nice there. to sort of hear about all this and you know reminisce it all from a from a fan's point of view because I was a I was obviously a big fan of the band. He was a yabite back in the day himself. Well, you know, it, you know, I was like really close friends with everyone as well. So it was nice to see friends succeeding, and um, you know, wanted to yeah. to support yeah. my my best pals and. Here we are. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Anyway, good, good to have you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Likewise. We will see you next week. Yeah, Thank bye. You see you then. Bye bye. I'm sorry.